Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. It's not going to be Michelle Obama, okay? It's definitely not going to be Michelle Obama because they're telling us it won't be Michelle Obama and there's no way it'll be Michelle Obama. So they tell us. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. Our fourth and final hour, 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. Monday after the Super Bowl. Never an easy day for any of us, but here we are. So I woke up today, I got a text from my buddy Susie Cool on Twitter who said, uh, it was a, uh, David Axelrod was on some reconnaissance show on Saturday, and he said, there's no way it's going to be Michelle Obama. No chance, no how. This was an interesting weekend because, you know, that, that survey came out, 89% of Americans think Biden's too old. That liberal New York Times reporter just shredded Joe Biden over the weekend. And everybody's talking about the same thing, which is, you know, this guy can't win. But they tell us it's not going to be Michelle Obama. They're, they're stuck, though, right? I mean, they're, they're stuck. they got a problem. Problem number one is Kamala Harris is a terrible candidate. So they can't just, they can't just you know, it's, they can't just pu- pu- push her aside. She's the first black woman vice president. You replace her with white dude Gavin Newsom. That's a problem because then you know they're going to be upset. Uh, so what do you do? Well, one thing is you get cranky Sotomayor off the Supreme Court. You say Ruth Bader Ginsburg should be your inspiration and you should retire now while we still have a Democrat in the White House. They put Kamala Harris on the court. And, uh, you know, there you go. And now you've now you've opened up the ability to make a swap. But then who do you swap with? Now, look, I'm not predicting it's going to be Michelle Obama. All I'm telling you is if it is going to be Michelle Obama, they're not going to tell us until the convention. Here's what I mean. Here's what Axelrod said over the weekend. And just ask yourself this. Would you expect him to say anything differently when Smirconish asked him about it? Well, here's what I know. Uh, Michelle Obama, Obama loves this country. She's, she's a, a brilliant person and a brilliant communicator. But she was a conscript to politics. She never was interested in a political life. Even when uh, uh, Barack Obama was a young politician, uh, she really didn't participate much uh, in his campaigns. I I was with him in his Senate campaign in 2004. I think she showed up twice 
uh, in the whole campaign uh, on election nights. So, uh, you know, she uh, she is not someone who likes politics. She doesn't like the tone and tenor of politics. Uh, and I would be floored if she would uh, consent to that. They feel that they gave 10 years of their life to this. And I'm sure she feels as uh, Barbara Bush did when she said there has to be someone other than the Bushes and the Clintons who could be president of the United States. My guess is that's her attitude. I always say, Michael, that I have as much chance of dancing in the Bolshoi Ballet next year than uh, than that she would be president of the United States. Uh, and so if you see me running around at the end of the year in a leotard, you'll know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Very funny. What do you expect a guy to say? Yes, we definitely want to swap her out for uh, swap him out for Michelle Obama, but we want to let you know now in February, so you have plenty of time to prepare for it. Of course, they're not going to do that, and the, uh, the re- part of the reason is because, and James Carville explains this also on Smirconish, is how this would work. Look, if you dump Biden at the convention, if you wind up doing that, if you dump Biden at the convention, like a lot of people think they're going to do, like Bill Maher's asking for, if you do these things, then understand something, then. Bill Moore said the following. He said, I see myself as a bridge. I read that as one term. Is it too late? I don't think it is because I still think you can do it at the convention. No one gives an F what you do at the convention. They'd be thrilled if you did it the day before the election. So the problem is if you do it too soon, number one, they start the attacks. But number two, a lot of other people come out of the woodwork and want want to be the pick. And this is exactly what I mean. Here's Carville explaining how that would work. And this proves my point. If they are going to make a swap, they're going to do it as a last minute dirty trick, just like they did in Jersey many years ago. And they switched out Robert Torricelli for Frank Lautenberg when he was going to get indicted and lose the U.S. Senate race. Take a listen. Well, I mean, in a sense, it's, it's never too late if you had a, a nominee and nominee dropped dead and. Last week of October, you'd have you know, some mechanism to have a replacement. Uh, it's pretty; it'd be late to do it without a lot of chaos. And but yeah, you you could you could have one. Lyndon Johnson dropped out in, in March of nineteen sixty eight. We had a nominee, so it, it's never too late. But the later it gets, the more confusing the process gets, and then you get into some DNC picking candidates or state party chairs. Bingo. Uh, there's a person called Elaine Cormack who knows more about this than anything, anybody, anyone in the world. She's written books on it, and I'm kind of surprised she hadn't been interviewed yet because she has massive information on what happens by what date. Okay, so from the sidelines and with your great institutional and political knowledge, what do you see going on here? Well, the president is old. The public knows he's old. And he is old. It's just there's no there's no convincing one way or the other. I also know this. It, it is written in marble in Washington, D.C., that there shall be no Democratic special counsels or independent prosecutors. The professional center will not allow that. So b- bottom line is this. I mean, they know Biden needs to go. They know he needs to go. And, of course, they're all going to come out there and say he's not going anywhere. They're not going to say anything different from that. Please. Biden's campaign co-chair was on with um, Meet the Press over the weekend. And he said the idea that Biden is unfit for office is a bucket of BS. It's so deep your boots will get stuck in it. Come on. What do you expect these people to say other than that? That's all they're going to say. 
They, they, they can't come out and say anything different than that. They can't come out and they can't they can't come out and turn around and say, you know what? No, listen, listen, we should we should we should definitely, definitely replace Joe Biden. They're going to tell you that he is fit to serve and he will serve until the moment comes when they make the switch because of his health or his whatever or whatever it is. And then at that moment, everybody's going to act like, well, you know what? I mean, oh, my gosh, I just I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We didn't see this coming. We'll all act like that. We'll, we'll all act like we didn't see this coming. I mean, the Democrats will. And if they if they manage to get Michelle Obama and then look, I mean, Obama's running the place anyway. I had a buddy of mine tell me recently he's got friends in the Secret Service who say Barack Obama's in the West Wing all the time. Does anybody really think Joe Biden's running the country? No, the Biden's are run, the, the Obama's running the country. So all you got to do is tell her she'll be the president in name only. Barack Obama can't get elected to another term because he's term limited. So she just she gets the nod. He runs the show. She can go out there and you know, be, you know, be the face of politics. I get it. She hates it. But at the same time, though, these people are obsessed with power. They're obsessed with power. And she did that podcast recently and said, what's keeping you up at night? She said, the death of democracy. She didn't say my tulips. She didn't say what's keeping me up at night is my uh, carbs. I got to cut carbs out. What's keeping me up at night is, is, uh, is pasteurized palm oil. She said, what's keeping me up at night is the state of our democracy, that Trump may win and destroy America. That's what she said. So again, I'm not, I'm not making a prediction here that it's going to be Michelle Obama. I'm just telling you that if it is, they're not going to run out and go, yeah, you know what? Definitely. We are definitely thinking about making that swap. Oh, 100%. We're just waiting for the moment that the old geezer croaks. But they're so angry. You know, they're so angry about the special counsel who came out and said that Biden's a you know a senile old man who can't remember anything, and that's why we can't charge him. Only Donald Trump is competent enough to stand trial. Here's a uh, lefty journalist named Molly Jong Fast slamming the special counsel. They're all furious at this guy for saying the truth, which is that Joe Biden's an elderly old man who's lost his freaking marbles. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard, and I do agree that... It is important to like norms are important, right? The reason we're so far along here is because norms have not been followed. I would say yeah. I don't think that her is a good faith actor. And I think that no. 345 pages of that show that I mean, he's not a neurologist, right? If you want to weigh in yeah. on legal things, that's mm-hmm. fine. But, you know, the idea and again, to fault someone for saying they don't remember during a deposition when we've seen people like Dr. Anthony Fauci say that hundreds of times during a deposition. That's what you're supposed to say if you don't remember, because you don't want to be wrong. And so I do think he sort of picked up things that are tactically tactics that people use and went and sort of was drew uh, conclusions that were not his conclusions to draw. Were not his conclusions to draw. Right. They were not his conclusions to draw because he's not a neurologist. Uh Uh-huh. So then you get to what was written over the weekend in the New York Times, the far right wing New York Times by Maureen Dowd, Maureen Dowd, who hates Donald Trump's guts. She's terrified that Trump's going to win and she knows Biden's going to lose. And she said, Mr. President, ditch the stealth about the health. She said once when my father was in West Virginia on police business, a man approached him and demanded to know about rumors that President Franklin Roosevelt was crippled. The man threatened to beat on my father or anyone who said FDR was in a wheelchair. My dad, a D.C. police detective, served on FDR's protective detail. 
I have a picture of my father in a fedora guarding Roosevelt at a senator's baseball game with the president standing up there with the help of his braces to throw out the first pitch. This, is be- this might have been before he put the Japanese, German, and Italian-Americans in, in camps. I added that part. She didn't. Like others around Roosevelt, my dad kept a, kept a tight lip about the paralysis of the president, who did not want to seem weak. Dad assured the West Virginian ruffian that Roosevelt was a fine athletic man. In the days before TV and social media, the White House could suppress the fact that Roosevelt, who contracted polio when he was 39, could barely walk. With with the help of a complicit press corps, censoring Secret Service, and a variety of ruses, FDR was even able to campaign giving the impression that he was mobile. Well, Roosevelt lied about a million other things, so what's, why, why not lie about that? But I added that part, too. But stealth about health is no longer possible, and the sooner President Biden's team stops being in denial about that, the better off Democrats will be. Jill Biden and his other advisors come up with ways to obscure signs of sentience, from shorter news conferences to zero-print interviews to TV interviews, mainly with fawning MSNBC anchors. But many Americans are quite concerned about the 81-year-old president's brain it's the elephant in the room except the elephants never forget biden is running against a bad man but that's not enough he has to acknowledge to himself that his moments are faltering which will increase over the next five years and they are a big weakness he and his aides have to figure out how to handle that bad man donald trump who makes his own verbal slips and shows signs of aging but he conveys more energy When the president rushed out Thursday night to show he was composed, rebutting what special counsel Robert Hur said, he was peevish about with the media and blamed his staff for mishandling classified documents. Petulance is never a good look, she says. Biden should have taken a breath. When the CNN White House correspondent MJ Lee asked about age concerns, Biden snapped, that is your judgment, that is your judgment. But 71% of battleground state voters in one of the New York Times polls said Biden is too old to be an effective president. Pushing back at the image of a crotchety grandpa, I came across like a crotchety grandpa. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing, he barked. It reminded me of the days when President Bill Clinton kept insisting he was still relevant, declaiming that you know what you're doing doesn't instill confidence. Asked why he insists he's the only Democrat who can defeat Trump, Biden shot back, because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Maureen Dowd for the New York Times writes, that sounds disturbingly like Donald Trump claiming I alone can fix it. Just when Biden was getting some breaks, the economy was better. Trump was still horrible and the Republicans in Congress were steeped in directitude. Her took a whack out of the blue, leaving the impression that Biden shouldn't have his finger on the button. He said he wouldn't bring charges because a jury would forgive Biden as a nice, forgetful old man. It was a mistake for Merrick Garland to make a Trump appointee, the special counsel for Biden. Oh, please. It's not a Trump appointee. The the senators of the state pick the U.S. attorneys. You know that. Everybody knows that. You're smart enough to know that, too, Maureen Dowd. Come on. Like James Comey, Garland is a man so in love with his own virtue that he bends over backwards to show it off. Blah, blah, blah. Still, the report was a fire alarm blaring in the Capitol because, fair or not, was it a fire alarm that was pulled by that congressman in New York out of curiosity? Was it, was it, did he pull the alarm or was it a real alarm? Oh, it was a real alarm. It was a real fire alarm blaring in the Capitol. The report saying Biden was a demented old man? Yeah, no, that's a real report. That's a real fire alarm. Not like the one Jamal Bowman pulled. That was a Fugazi fire alarm. This is a real fire alarm. 
Biden refused to take the one-term bow out and make room for new blood. So now he has to go to war with Trump and stop him from getting back into the Oval for his grotesque revenge rampage. See, they're terrified. They're so terrified of Trump getting back in there for that reason. But in a world on fire, she writes, with the Republicans in Congress spiraling into farce, the Biden crew clearly has no plan for how to deal with the president's age except to shield him and hide him and browbeat reporters who point out that his mental state, like the delusional Trump's, is a genuine issue. Biden is not just in a bubble. He's in bubble wrap, cosseting and closeting Uncle Joe all the way to the end. Skipping town halls and the Super Bowl interview are just not going to work. Going on defense when Trump is on offense is not going to work. Counting on Trump's vileness to secure the win, as Hillary did, is not going to work. Democrats should grab their smelling salts for a long case of the vapors. It's going to be a most virulent, violent year. Now, you know, if you think about it, what Maureen Dowd says there is what everybody's thinking. And it's the reason why everybody understands that they have to swap this guy out. And they're going to. I mean, they're going. I've been telling you this for how long now? He's not going to be the candidate. He's not going to be the candidate. He's just not. He's not going to be the candidate of the United States. He can't be. I mean, come on. He can't be. Even when Corrine Jean-Pierre's asked about yeah, it. Taking that kind of a- Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House fembot, asked hey, about it. And I talked about this last week, too, on, on I believe, whenever, on Friday. Uh, I have known this president since 2009. Mm. Uh I, he is not just uh, my my boss, but, you know. He's also some a mentor to me, and I've spent sometimes countless hours with him, whether it's in the Oval Office, uh, whether it's on the road. And I believe, for me, you're asking me my personal opinion. Uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He, when we have uh, meetings with him, with his staff, he's constantly pushing us, getting trying to get more information. And so that has been my experience with this president. Uh, Anything else outside of that? Uh, I just shared with you what Dr. O'Connor said to me, uh, and so I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. You know what? We're not going to do a cognitive test. It's not going to happen. We'll just leave it there. Okay? We'll leave it right there. Oh, man, it's bad. It's really bad. It's so bad. And I just, I, 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 you know, you know what, what, what's the strategy? What's the strategy to change the perception of Biden's diminish? Mental capacity is diminished mental ABC acuity. Ipsos poll shows that 86% of Americans Biden is too old to serve another term. That is a higher percentage than what we found in a previous poll in September. So clearly polling shows this is a persistent issue. What is the White House strategy to try and change that perception? So look, we're going to continue to lead on leadership, right? We're going to continue to focus on what this president has been able to get done, uh, what the president has been able to get done uh, on behalf of the of the American people, uh, and look, I'll quote a little bit of uh, what the first lady said. Uh, I think incredibly well. Just a couple of days ago, uh, the President Biden does more in one hour than most people do in a day. Boom! His age with experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. And well, he does more in one hour than most people do in a day. He, he manages to wash his dentures, eat a, eat a can of Jello, uh, have lunch with Churchill, play chess with Truman. And uh, also uh, hang out a little bit with Margaret Thatcher. So, I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a lot. He's doing a lot of things. A lot of things he's doing. 
He's a very, very busy man. Coming up, John Kirby says we have nothing to say regarding the president's use of TikTok over the weekend. This is major gaslighting, as they say. And they also, we have no idea if when Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin went into the hospital, if the White House even knew about it. It's truly the produce section running our country. We'll be right back. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. The Biden campaign goes on TikTok, even though there's major national security implications and government officials are not allowed to use it because of Chinese spying. But hey, don't worry about it. It's all good. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. So over the weekend, yesterday before the Super Bowl, a very, very comatose looking Joe Biden stared into the camera and was asked a series of questions. They're now calling, you know, they're doing the dark Brandon thing with his laser eyes and everything. It's creepy, man. It's creepy. They have a picture of him with red blazing eyes. And they, they do this whole thing about this whole thing about how, you know, he's dark Brandon and fighting back. And anyway, uh, this is this is a, a Biden's TikTok video where he's asked a couple questions here. Take a listen. Two great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm getting trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? And then they put the dark Brandon eyes there, you know, like to say that anyone who said that it was a uh, the Super Bowl was rigged was, you know, this is what they do. They it's, it's, it's they, they try to make everybody uh, think they're crazy. It's gaslighting is what it is. It's called gaslighting. It's an intentional thing that they do. They try to make you think that you're a crazy person. And they, and they do they do this all they do this constantly. They do this. So Kirby was asked a question, you know, I mean, what about the fact that the campaign went on, went on uh, TikTok? Isn't that just like a national security implication, Mr. Kirby? This is what he said. And on another question, if I may, what, what does, what, why did the president allow his campaign, the president, uh, allow his campaign to go on TikTok despite the national uh, security review of the platform? I'd have to refer you to the campaign. But I mean, it's still the president of the United States. He's still sending, the president is sending a message to Americans about the Nash, about the safety of TikTok by doing that. I'd have to refer you to the campaign on that decision. Thanks. I, you, well, you know, it's, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, we, we can't answer. What about, okay, okay, I got, I got one, I got one, I got, I got, I got a good one for Kirby. When the defense secretary went into the hospital, did, um, did the president, did we know anything about that? Did we, did, did we know anything about the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, again, Again, being hospitalized. Did, did we know about that? Because that's a, that's a question I have, don't you? I mean, if the defense secretary, once again, is taken out, do they, do they talk? The president of the United States and the defense secretary? Kind of an important thing, don't you think? The president spoken to Secretary Austin since he was hospitalized. I'm not aware of any conversation between the two of them since uh, since this just happened yesterday. Does the president have any concerns that with his medical problems, the secretary can no longer serve? Not at all. No, what, 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 again, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? He's going to say not at all. Of course he's going to say not at all. That's all, they do. That's all they do is say not at all. Oh, man, you know, I, I, it, it's kind of fr- frustrating and, and ty- tiring to me anyway. I don't know about you, but it's tiring to me to think about how we are constantly, constantly lied to by people. 
in the in the establishment, the corporate media. I mean, all these people. They're just they're just freaking liars. And you you and I both know that if a, a, a president who's not senile and the defense secretary went in the hospital, they would talk. They would absolutely talk. According to Bill Belugin, the brutal article from Axios, how Biden botched the border, he exploded with rage at his team aboard Air Force One on the way to the border last year. Susan Rice called HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra a B, but like B, anyway, uh, an idiot. VP Harris's team made it clear her responsibilities began and ended with root causes in just the three northern triangle counties with Mexico. Mayorkas disagreed with Biden's 100-day halt in deportations. Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall displayed an experience, asked for a memo explaining the difference between refugees and asylum seekers. Biden administration has listened to vocal immigration advocates outside the administration. Vocal immigration advocates. You know, the open borders lunatics, obviously. Publicly, the White House also initially downplayed jumps in illegal border crossings as normal ebbs and flow, even as some internally pushed to acknowledge that the problem was significant. By the way, this is the big story of the day today. It's brought to you by my buddy, by my buddy Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. You deserve a beautiful smile, and Dr. Mike will give it to you. You know, about Biden's dementia, I mentioned, I meant to mention you, uh, Johnny Cook had a tweet earlier today. He said, everybody's known Biden has had dementia since before 2020. Why is it a headline now? Why is it that every election season we are suddenly invaded by immigrants and it becomes the top of every newscast? Honestly, I'd like to know, I don't think they are winning issues. Um, I disagree. I, I think, well, first of all, it's two things. Number one, if, if Biden was beating Trump, you wouldn't hear about the dementia. You wouldn't hear about the dementia that's going on. If, if, if Biden was beating him, the dementia thing would not be a story. The only reason why it's a story is because he's losing to, to, to Trump. And so now it's an issue because they want to they got to get the guy out of there. They're trying to get they, they're trying to get him out. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to, to tell you beyond that. They're trying to take him out of the race because they know he's going to lose to Trump and they're terrified of what Trump's going to do. Terrified. So obviously that's why the dementia thing is an issue. Do I think the American people think about it and worry about it? Maybe not as much as you and I, but I think at this point, the only reason it, it's just a, a nonstop issue, a nonstop issue, and is because of the fact that Biden is losing so badly. So please, you know, don't, don't tell me that the professional political class in Washington is going to just sit back and let Trump win. No way are they going to sit back and let Trump win. They're just not going to do it. They can't do it. There's too much at stake for them. They're terrified. They're terrified because of the revenge tour. I mean, it's just like what um, what she wrote there in, in uh, Marine Dowd. They're worried about Trump's revenge tour. But even though over the weekend with the defense secretary in the hospital and the president not talking to him on the phone, he did have time. To put a glazed over, drugged up, nonsensical Super Bowl script going on about his own failed economy. Listen to this. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. 
bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size. This is your economy. He's going on there to talk about his economy. Because you know why? He's trying to, again, to deflect people and say the reason why you're dealing with shrinkflation, the reason why is because of the greedy grocery stores. Greedy grocery stores are doing this just to screw you. But not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. Businesses are dealing with inflation because of your economy. People know that. But again, you know, listen, I mean, it, if you if you understand that, you know, they're going to continue to try to. But that was 48 seconds. That's the best he can do. He can't do a sit-down interview. 48 seconds. That's the best Biden can do. 48 seconds. So, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I have no doubts. There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, that the reason why you're hearing more about dementia, the reason why the special counsel put that in there, is because they know that it's, it's, it's going to be something that Biden can't, he can't, he can't win. If he could win, then it would be fine. They wouldn't, they, no one would care. They knew he had dementia in 2020, but they were able to hide him because of COVID. They can't hide him anymore. And they also figure because of COVID, they could do whatever they had to do with mail-in ballots to make sure that Biden crossed the finish line. They can't do that anymore either. The other thing, too, that I think is very important to note, and this is uh, something that I think gets lost on a lot of people, too, is that there are a lot of people who don't like Joe Biden. You know, I, I know I know it seems like it's 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 a situation where everybody thinks that he's just a great guy and everybody loves him and everybody thinks he's wonderful and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? No. There are a lot of people who think he's an a-hole and thinks think he has to go. They they think he has to go because they know that he is a nasty man who's going to lose. And that if you were to actually let him go out there, he would make it work for, worse for himself. He would destroy himself. So I, 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 I see how this is playing out. Biden is not going to debate Trump. There's no way that's going to happen. Again, on Michael Smirconish's show Sunday over the weekend, Saturday over the weekend, excuse me, um, he made this point, and I think the raging Cajun is, is, is right on this point. Biden can't. He can't do it. That's the bottom line. It's not even a question. He can't debate him. What, what, you don't accept the Super Bowl interview. You, you're about to know. Pulling averages, you're three points down in a two-way. Uh, it's the biggest television audience, not even close. And you get a chance to do a 20, 25-minute interview on that day, and you don't do it. That's a kind of sign that the staff or yourself doesn't have much confidence in you. There's no other way to read this. And he's not going to do debates. He is old. I... I, I I know what it is because I'm almost as old as he is. And it's never going to get better. You're never, you know. Never going to get better. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. I mean, what's he going to be like in October? Just think about that. What's he going to be like in October? And all the yelling at the press is not going to do a thing. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. And the big problem, the real problem here, is that they are so worried about Trump because of the war in Ukraine. The war in Ukraine is everything to these people, the military-industrial complex and everybody else. I'm proving my point. Senator Amy Klobuchar, over the weekend, we have no choice. 
We have to keep giving money to Ukraine. And they know Trump will stop it. Let's assume that you can get this through the Senate, that the leadership is firm and that they're not going to waver. But how damaging is it to have failure in the House? Is there any prospect that I there can be a discharge petition or some way to get it onto the House floor past the Speaker? I was just in the Republican cloakroom before I came over here, uh, and I talked to a number of the Republicans. I continue to believe that they're, we wouldn't be doing this to this extent night after night after night if we didn't think there was some path. We don't have a choice but to stand up uh, for Ukraine and stand with democracies for our own country's security and for the world's security. And um, I have not counted that out at all. That has to happen. They have to find a way to get to, yes, we know their most extreme um, people are not going to be supporting it, uh, but there's a whole lot of people on the Democratic side and on the Republican side that have been very strong about this national security package, not to mention what it means in other parts of the world as well. See, you see what I mean? It's all about Ukraine. That's why J.D. Vance is giving out the absolute, absolute warning about what is in this bill and why it has to be stopped. I'll share that with you as the elderly man with a poor memory is not long for this political world. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Well, we know a lot more about the shooter in uh, Texas, the megachurch shooting Joel Olstein's church after the police had a briefing today. It was an LGBTQ shooter, a migrant from El Salvador, with a long criminal history dating back to 2005. A Bernie Sanders supporter had a Free Palestine sticker on the gun and identified as transgender. Well, as you can imagine, the story is going to disappear very, very fast. Very fast, because it doesn't fit the narrative. Now, uh, Tom Massey pointed out a great point. Uh, the lips of TikTok pointed out the Colorado shooter, Colorado Springs shooter was uh, non-binary. The Nashville school shooter, transgender. Aberdeen shooter, transgender. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Denver school shooter, transgender. Iowa school shooter, transgender fluid. Lakewood church shooter, trans. And the question that he asks is, we should be able to know which government approved slash license slash sanctioned drugs were they using at the time? It's a great point. It's a very, very good point. How these drugs influence people and how these drugs affect people's minds. Very sad situation. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking situation. But, you know, like anything else, if it doesn't fit the narrative, it will go away very, very quickly. And you won't hear anything about it. You just, you won't hear anything about it. It doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, Tucker Carlson's gotten a lot of blowback from his interview of Vladimir Putin. And he, uh, he pushed back, blasting the propaganda media for their criticism of him after his interview of Vladimir Putin. Says he only cares what God and his family thinks of him. It's amazing, isn't it, too? You sit down with a world leader, you interview him, and the blowback you get over that. I don't, it's amazing to think about, but this is what Tucker said. Take a listen. And I, and I just felt that my job, if I have a job in this world, it's to bring information to people so they can decide. And so I wanted to do the longest interview I could with Vladimir Putin that contained the most amount of Vladimir Putin talking, not me grandstanding about what a great person I am. When an American journalist interviews someone like Vladimir Putin, the whole point of the interview is to say, I'm a good person and you're not. And that interview was aimed at his colleagues in the newsrooms in the United States. I'm a good person. Why are you such a bad person? You're committing genocide. Okay. That's not fruitful, and that's certainly not my role. I care what God thinks of me, what my wife thinks of me, and what my four children think of me, and that's all I care about. So I don't need to prove that I'm a good person. I want to hear Vladimir Putin talk so people in my country can assess what's happening. Uh, uh, That's it. I'll use the devil's advocate. But advocate away. Yes. Okay, I'll tell you. You should challenge in, in, in the rules of an interview, and you're a master in, in, your, in your business. Uh, it's not for me to give you a lecture about that, but you should challenge some ideas. For instance, uh, y- 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 you didn't talk about freedom of speech in, in Russia. You did not talk <laughs> about Navalny, about assassinations, about about the restrictions on uh, opposition in the coming uh, e- elections. I didn't talk about the things that every other American media outlet talks about. Why? Yes, this because is my those question. are covered and because I have spent my life talking to people who run countries in various countries and have mm. concluded the following, that every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people. Sorry. That's why I wouldn't want to be a leader. Um, that press restriction is universal in the United States. I know because I've lived it. I've you know, asked my former, you know, I, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, and I've done this for 34 years and I know how it works. And um, there's more censorship in Russia than there is in the United States, but there's a great deal in the United States. And so, you know, at a certain point, it's like people can decide whether they think, you know, what, what countries they think are better, what systems they think Sir, are better. I, I, I just I, want to know what he thinks. That was yeah, the whole point. Yeah. He also uh, said, you know, I've been trying to get this interview for years, but uh, the United States government prevented me by spying on my messages and leaking them to the New York Times, which is, of course, a very, very bold, bold allegation by Tucker Carlson here. Take a listen to what he said here. The, I'll, I'll start in reverse order. Why now? Well, I've been trying for three years to do this interview. Um, the U.S. government prevented me from doing it by spying on my text messages and leaking them to the New York Times. And that spooked the Russian government into canceling the interview. So I've been trying to do this, but my 
country's intel services were working against me illegally, and that enraged me because I'm an American citizen. I'm 54. I pay my taxes. I obey the law. And there was no expectation in the America that I grew up in that my government and its intel services, NSA and CIA, which were always outwardly focused on our foreign enemies, would be turned inward against American citizens. And I'm shocked by that, and I'm infuriated by that. And so once I discovered that that was happening, and I confirmed it was happening, and they admitted that they did it, then I was totally determined, monomaniacally dedicated to doing this interview, not simply because I want to know uh, what Vladimir Putin is like and what he thinks about a war that is resetting the world and really gravely damaging my country's economy, but also because they told me I couldn't on the basis of illegitimate means um, and for no really clearly stated justification. And I thought, that can't stand. I, don't, I want to live in a free country. I was born in one. And I'm going to do whatever small thing I can do to maintain um, you know, the society that I, 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 okay. so, I love. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you, speaking of Ukraine, that Senator J.D. Vance put out a memo today to every one of his Republican colleagues in Congress. Buried in the bill's text is an impeachment time bomb for the next Trump presidency if he tries to stop funding the war in Ukraine. And it points out here that uh, the supplemental impeachment time bomb, quote from his memo, President Trump has said in regard to the war in Ukraine, we've got to get the war settled and I'll get it settled. He has stated that he would resolve the war in 24 hours. The bill includes $1.6 billion for foreign military financing in Ukraine and $13.7 billion for the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. These funds expire on September 30th, 2025, nearly a year into the possible second term of President Trump. These are the exact same amounts President Trump was impeached for pausing in December of 2019. And every single House Republican voted against this impeachment Resolution. That, if you remember, that was after the call with Zelensky. Ultimately, the money did go to Ukraine, but that's why they impeached him because they wanted to. They wanted to shut him up. They wanted to shut him up uh, because obviously Zelensky's got the receipts. I mean, I'm by the Biden crime family. That's why this. Why this money laundering operation known as a war in Ukraine is continuing. So the senator says, if President Trump were to withdraw from or pause financial support for the war in Ukraine in order to bring the conflict to a peaceful conclusion over the objections of career experts, it would mount to the same fake violation of budget law from the first impeachment under markedly similar facts and circumstances. Partisan Democrats would seize on the opportunity to impeach him once again. The Washington Post has reported that tying President Trump's hands on foreign policy is very much top of mind for Biden administration officials who are openly boasting about their plans. The background quote is damning. And here's the damning quote. Quote, not incidentally, U.S. officials said the hope is that for the long term promise, again, assuming congressional buy in will also future proof aid for Ukraine against the possibility that former President Donald Trump wins his re-election bid. The supplemental represents an attempt by the foreign policy blob slash deep state to stop President Trump from pursuing his desired policy. And if he does so anyways, to provide grounds to impeach him and undermine his administration. All Republicans should oppose its passage. He's exactly right about that point. And I think, as you know, if you if you you tie that into what's going on with Ukraine, you think about um, the, the, the question of Biden, you know, trading bribes for classified information. And that's another big part of this, too. You know, we're all talking about Biden's senility. 
But as Margaret Cleveland of the Federalist pointed out, you know, Joe Biden's classified documents provide more evidence that Hunter's pay to play was a family affair. And these classified documents, you have to wonder the overlap in the timing, the topics of Joe Biden's vice presidency, Hunter Biden's business enterprises, and all these things. A close nexus between Hunter Biden's influence peddling and his father's responsibilities and access to intelligence during the elder the, the, the elder's term as vice president. So everybody's talking about Biden's senility, but the specific details in the recovered documents remain unknown. The nearly 400-page report provided an extensive summary of the materials to confirm an overlap in the timing and the topics of Biden's vice presidency and Hunter Biden's business enterprises, including Ukraine overlap. Appendix A of the report provided a table summary of the documents recovered. Many of the top secret and classified documents concerned Ukraine during the time frame when Hunter Biden acted as an intermediary between Burisma's owner, Mikola Zachevsky, and the vice president. Recall that Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, told the House Oversight Committee that in early March 2014, he met Zlochevsky while in Moscow, and soon after, he and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board, receiving $83,000 a month. The following month, Hunter Biden sent Archer an email dated April 13, 2014, one week before Joe Biden would travel to Ukraine and then meet Prime Minister Arseniy Yatsenikov. Referring to, quote, my guy's upcoming travels, Hunter then elaborated on 22 points about Ukraine's political situation with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk according to the New York Post. And among material recovered from President Biden's unauthorized storage locales were several top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One updated document discussed issues related to a Russian aggression toward Ukraine. Another dated September 20, September 17, 2014, consisted of a memorandum for the vice president from staff members with subject U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. Also, data was an event memo from a vice presidential national security staffer titled Lunch with Ukrainian President Poroshenko. In other words, the question you have to ask yourself is, was Biden giving all this information to Hunter to make it look like Hunter had the goods, the access that he needed? And don't forget, during Biden's visit to Ukraine the following week, the vice president threatened to withhold the money if they did not fire the prosecutor, Viktor Shokin. So all these things regarding Ukraine and the timeline and the overlap here, and I talked about this earlier today on the show as well, but just remember this, all of this is there. The special counsel's report makes one thing clear, Joe Biden will never face a jury, not because he's innocent, but because he lacks the mental competence. So then, of course, the question becomes, is the 25th Amendment bad? And You know it is. You know it is. Have a great rest of your day today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Back with you tomorrow. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.